0: What
1: NFC North wide receiver depth chart do you need to figure out to win your leagues? Is Rob Gronkowski worth where he is going in football guys drafts? And how should FFPC main event drafters handle Nick Chubb right now? Plus, KFFSC Commissioner and NFL player agent Farrell Elliott helps us preview this year's edition of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, offer some FFPC advice, and more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzek is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now.
0: now. new on. Feeling so good. Change the color to my phone.
1: Thanks a play. lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, as always, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk about whether there is a shift in value among the Bills running backs how you should be drafting, or not drafting, handcuffs, and Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Commissioner Farrell Elliott drops by to tell us what's in store for this year's KFFSC main event and to talk about some FFPC draft advice for all of you as well. Shout out to the chat room right now. If you guys have any questions, post them right in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFF Power at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Farrell is on Twitter at KFFSC. Facebook.com slash HSFFO is where to reach us. If you want to chime in and talk with us tonight, please do so. 347-426-3682. That's 347 game over. You can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you do indeed have any questions for us, send them in now. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Uh, want to uh, thank our producer mutual friend Rob and my best friend and audio engineer Bryce for working extra hard this time of year. Thanks so much guys appreciate it. All right, so a couple of things I want to get off um, in case uh, off my chest right at the top here in case you weren't aware if you're in the FFPC main event, uh, the slow drafts have been going on for a while. The live main event started today. We had uh, several in the books we're going to be filling several more each and every day until the start of the NFL season, which I believe and not in and, and the Sunday of the NFL draft season, which I believe is September 13th. So all the way up until September 12th main events going on each and every day. If you're already in, Hey, we got a great deal for you. Save $400 off each additional main event team. It's the best deal we've offered all season. It's the best deal you're going to get all season long, save $400 off each additional team in the FFPC main event. Remember the 2020 football guys, players championship. That is filling up fast as well. Uh, This is a contest that we've actually expanded this year, both in the uh, team cap and in the prize pool. And that one's actually filling up, again, it's like, The eighth year in a row or whatever, it's filling up faster than we imagined. So make sure you are not getting left out in the cold. Get in on that now at myffpc.com. Terminator Tourney also filling up $25,000 grand prize. I believe that resumes tomorrow. No Terminator drafts tonight, but there is one tomorrow. And basically almost every single day up until the start of the NFL season. Best ball slim leagues, best ball uh, standard leagues, classics, Terminator satellites, Super Bracket, all more uh at myffpc.com, i don't know if you uh dynasty owners saw the email from the commish uh dave Gerzak today but um the slow dynasty drafts are getting set to close for the 2020 season in fact i believe it closes in eight days so if you want to get a couple more startups in now's the time to get them myfpc.com. all right a uh, couple of uh, programming notes here number one jimmy wagner on the final rotoviz high stakes lowdown of the offseason. we will be going to a weekly format starting after week one but he is the interview that we just had rotoviz.com slash podcast is where you can check it out uh, for the latest rotoviz high stakes lowdown good pros versus joe's uh info there and for a guy who's drafting a lot of fpcs and main events you get it right from the horse's mouth there we had uh some audio issues last week uh last week friday and as a result Uh, I unilaterally declared we're going to put out a bonus episode of the high stakes fantasy football hour, which we did late Wednesday night, two guests on that one, both pros versus Joe's drafters, Scott Kobe, the FFPC Joe, and of course, fantasy football masterminds own Mike Nazarick on that show. They talked about those drafts, some main event strategy and more from some guys who have had some pretty good experience, pretty good success in the FFPC main event over the years. And you're going to want to listen all the way through because Mike Nazarick dropped in a bonus code For his website, so if you want to get hooked up with FFMastermind.com, I'm not going to tell you at what point in the podcast it was, but it's in there somewhere, and you can get hooked up with one of the longest-running fantasy advice sites out there. In fact, they're going on almost three decades' worth. Uh, Good stuff there from FFMastermind himself, Mike Nazarek. All right, without further ado, let's get into tonight's rundown. I want to thank Football Guys, Roto World, and Rob for putting this together for us tonight. And Dave, I don't know about you, I think the NFL season it has really snuck up on us this year because of lack of a, of a preseason. And um, I was under the impression that when there was no preseason games, I was like, well, we're probably not going to get a whole lot of information. I could not be more wrong because there's been a lot of information, a lot of updates uh, from a lot of the teams around the NFL. And it's been great because it's, it's radically changing ADP. It's radically changing the way we look at uh, FFPC draft this year, and let's kick things off here in the middle of Florida, which is where seemingly everything's going on right now. Bruce Arians, the Buccaneers head coach, said third-round rookie running back Keshawn Vaughn could contribute as a kick returner Yuck. in Week One. Greg Alman on Twitter reported this. This is a guy who um, was touted um, as the first—I mean, he was the first Buccaneers draft pick this year in the 2020 draft. And then they went out and added LaShawn McCoy, who's going on, I believe 51, 52 years old at this point. Uh, Arians already has essentially anointed Ronald Jones as the guy. It's going to be very difficult for Kishon Vaughn to get off to a fast start. And don't forget, Dare Agudboale, the pass catcher extraordinaire down in Tampa. He is also the special teams captain there, a guy that the team obviously values very much uh, in high regard Keshawn Vaughn may not be the worst dynasty pick in the world, Dave, but what does this do to Ronald Jones? What does this do to Lashawn McCoy now that we know
2: Vaughn is going to be opening the season, returning kicks if he's lucky? Yeah, if he's lucky, he's right. I think you got to consider Darri as, as a late round sleeper if you haven't been doing so already. Uh, I really think it's going to be uh, Ronald Jones, as you know, we've been kind of touting Jones. Yeah, uh, he's going to be moving up drafts. He should be if he hasn't been. But uh, his value in that fifth round was great for a while. I mean, I'm assuming he's going to start hitting the fourth round pretty quick. 5'11 right now over the last two days of football guys. That's honestly, it's it's it has not adjusted the way it should. He should really be a fourth-round pick at the latest, honestly, like mid-fourth at right now. He's that's, going. What you think?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think that's a
2: little aggressive, but as we get closer to... Um, well, there, to, you know, to I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's 32 NFL teams. Right. There's only so many decent running backs, and there's only so many that have the opportunity. He could potentially be a two-and-a-half-down back, maybe a three-down back. I thought I smelled something, and I was
1: right. It's a would-you-rather that we're about to play oh, right boy. now here, right. Dave. Dave, would you rather have Ronald Jones or Cam Akers? Uh, Jones. Ronald Jones or Devin Singletary?
2: Man, you know, a, a while ago it was, it was definitely Singletary, but at this point they're talking up Zach Moss so much. and uh, I'm going to stop you right there. I think I'll take, I'll take Jones. Okay. I want, I want to get your Bill's running back analysis,
1: but – Just in a little bit, because we got some Some Zach Moss news. Okay, so you're taking Jones there. Ronald Jones or David Montgomery? Hmm. The guy who made Frank LaPrade throw up in his mouth when he had to take him. And I think I honestly might take Jones. Okay, that's fine. Ronald Jones or a guy I think you're high on, DeAndre Swift.
2: Remember, he had the leg injury. Right. Um you know, I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of these would you rather is like I get hyped up on a guy and then I. Can always take <laughs> It's great. Him. It makes for great so radio. Gonna, I'll take Ronald Jones here <laughs> over is, Swift. I'm gonna keep going. But Ro- I think I, I, that one's pretty close because I think Swift runs with that job, so to speak. And in right. real life. You know, they also signed Jonathan Williams. Remember that guy? Oh yeah. He's now a Detroit Lion. Uh, Ronald Jones or Kareem Hunt,
1: the uh, backup
2: in Cleveland. I'll take Jones, but I do like Hunt. Quite oh,
1: now. this is great, Ronald Jones. I keep going up the board, Dave. Ronald Jones or Melvin Gordon.
2: <laughs> you know, I, Ronald Jones, I running get, back
1: twenty-eight. Melvin Gordon, running back twenty-two, right now.
2: Honestly, I really, I think Melvin Gordon is a, is looking at having a colossal bust type of season. I think I mean, we have Lindsay, to put five I think on Lindsey. Is a really good value. I think that you should be looking at Lindsey. Um, I th- I'm taking Jones. Forget it. I'm not taking. I'm not, okay. I mean, I to pass on Melvin Gordon. All right, that's fine. He's, already, he's dinged up right now. He's out for a little bit.
1: Uh, yeah, it was a rib injury, I think, yeah. is, is what they're reporting. I'm going to keep going until you say somebody else, Ronald Jones or Chris Carson. I'll take Carson. Okay, so I guess we're going to stop there. But Chris Carson is going at the 404 right now, Ronald Jones 5'11".
2: Well, yeah, so that was actually... And that is where you said Jones should be right, going. good. I'm glad that actually worked out nicely, though. Because um, then you're getting into the Le'Veon Bell type territory, David Johnson, and, and that... and. At that point, you have to go with people who are a little more proven, in my opinion. Okay. Our good buddy, Tupac,
1: chiming in in the chat room right now. Gimme Vaughn. Show him the heater, Ricky. That is a Major League reference. Dave, you're familiar with that movie, right, Major League? Yep. He says, block the noise. Reporters need clickbait material. (laughs) Non-hashtag sheeple rankings isn't buying any of this. Uh-huh. I feel like you guys should be going uh I got five on it with Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn, but uh-huh. I, th- but that's not fair. There's, there's gotta be a way to do it.
2: How about this? I'll take Ronald Jones. He can take Keyshawn Vaughn and his former love, love, and Michelle Tony Michelle. <laughs> <had> They're combined, <laughs> combined points. That's good. I think we're onto something here for sure. I might even throw Harris Harrison there. Oh,
1: now, okay. Now you're getting a little out of control. I'm going to stop you there because we're going to make some, we're going to make some uh, wagers coming up later on in the show. Uh, the athletic. Chad Graff, he's the Vikings reporter there. He says Justin Jefferson, quote, Did you have to pay for this? No, I think the Athletic <laughs> is. Um, okay, so number one, I'm not sure if it's still free or not. Number two, I get a free subscription paid for by my local radio station. Is it really? 95-3 and 99-1 the score nice. uh, on the FM dial no, here in Northeast Wisconsin. It is a pay. The That's Athletic the yeah.
2: Good for you. But uh, Chad I'm Graff says. I ask for your login. Uh, one of those type of people.
1: I won't tell you on air, and <laughs> wink, wink, I won't tell you off air. Justin Jefferson, I think it's, I'm throwing in, being thrown in journalist jail right now for saying something like that. <laughs> uh, Justin Jefferson is the, quote, clear number three option behind Adam Thielen and B.C. Johnson during Minnesota Vikings practice. Um, now, obviously we thought when the Vikings used a first-round pick on Justin Jefferson, he probably was going to be the odds-on favorite to be the number two receiver opposite Adam Thielen. But reportedly he, quote, hasn't shined against the second-team defense quite as much as you'd expect. The Vikings utilized the second-highest rate of 12 personnel last year as their base offense, and they're probably going to be doing that again in 2020 with Gary Kubiak being the OC there. Uh, Justin Jefferson right now, Dave, is coming in at wide receiver – 53 at the 12:02 in Football Guys drafts over the last two days. We want to thank Fantasy Mojo and Darren Armani, FantasyMojo.com, for this impeccable FFPC and Football Guys ADP. He's got FFPC main event ADP on there as well. It's fantastic. And Justin Jefferson at the 12:02, Dave. You have always been the champion of well, who's the starter, Bulky? Who's starting there? It's not Justin Jefferson. It's BC Johnson. Number one is there fantasy value in the number two? receiver for Minnesota and number two would you rather have Jefferson or BC Johnson at this point
2: <laughs> uh, man you know I think BC Johnson is probably almost undrafted at this is he being drafted I don't believe so I'm gonna look it up right now I guess he get, he gets into the mix of being drafted I guess I would take no, Jefferson... not because, in football guys he's not just in the pedigree I would take Jefferson because he is being drafted you know what I mean mm-hmm. having said that I wouldn't take Jefferson at the as adp at all um, and I think really B.C. Johnson, especially in best he used to be getting drafted late. And I don't think – I'm not sure how long it's going to last for 20-rounders. I don't know if I'd get into that so much. Here's the former question then. Is there any value in the Minnesota number two receiver in a 20-round managed team format? I mean, there could be. Uh, I don't know if there will be this year you know, necessarily because one thing that actually that lends a little credence to is that maybe Kyle Rudolph is a little bit you know, being ignored as – you know he's a late pick. Very late, yeah. So if he, you know, if he's out there on seventeen oh six the twelve personnel, I mean, he might, you know, target it a little bit more than people think. Who's a better
1: draft value with Minnesota tight ends right now, Dave? Is it is it uh, Kyle Rudolph at the seventeen oh six as tight end twenty nine, or is it tight end twenty two at the twelve oh five, Irv Smith, the guy who's probably twenty one, twenty two years old, but has the name of a
2: man thirty years his senior. <laughs> Uh, I think Rudolph might be the value from my from my perspective. I think a, a number of people would probably say the opposite. They would think that the upside of Irv Smith. Um yeah, I don't know. I'd, maybe I just i still never I've never been a huge Irv Smith guy and uh, I'm I'm probably still not totally on board that train. Although I would draft him. I mean, yeah if, if he fell a little bit and he would, I was trying to assemble three up and comer type guys. As is your way sometimes, yeah, sometimes. in in, uh, in Kentucky, which we might see you do next weekend. Um, I'm
1: going to end this conversation right now because I think I know how you fall on this. Basically, two tight ends going back-to-back. Irv Smith at tight end 22 or Eric Ebron at tight end 23. would you rather have? I think I would
2: take Ebron. I agree. And you are
1: the Ebron guy, and I'm still agreeing with you on Ebron.
2: Yeah. One person – I don't know. Are we talking about Hawkinson at all this time? No, you can talk about him right now because we have nothing on the – I mean, I you know, I, I don't like to say people are off my board, but he's – Almost off. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, I know he's falling, but he's not going to fall enough for me to to, to draft. You him. know
1: the I fact almost... that this injury is kind of old, and he's still apparently recovering from it. let no know, Bueno. Um, are you bumping up any lions? You bumping up Galladay a little bit? I know you
2: like Marvin I Jones. I can't bump Marvin Jones any higher. Yeah, me. I
1: know you love him. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: no. Marvin Jones, the original MJ for Dave Gerzak. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I'm not bumping anybody up necessarily, but I think that I think they'll do fine. I mean, maybe out of the backfield you'll have more receptions, but, you know, who's that going to be? Swift, Johnson, whoever else they just brought in off the street.
1: Uh, Jonathan Williams. We got Farrell Elliott, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Commissioner, right around the corner here, ladies and gentlemen. One other thing I want to hit before we get to him. Joe Biscaglia believes, quote, perhaps the impact Zach Moss can have this season is being undersold. Now, I'm going to read this to you. This is according to to, uh, Joe Biscaglia, who covers the Bills for the Athletic. On Thursday... Devin Singletary lost a fumble, and then Zach Moss put on a show after Singletary was on the sidelines. Remember last year, it was the Devin Singletary and Frank Gore show. It was never the Devin Singletary show, even though he was had the workload towards the very end of the season. The Bills seem to like a committee, Dave, and knowing that Zach, or excuse me, that Devin Singletary is going right now in the fifth round at the five oh nine versus Moss who is going at the nine zero four as running back 38, who would you rather have, and is there value in drafting both of them?
2: Well, this is one of those situations where I think I might not be interested in drafting both. I think maybe just Just Moss in the ninth. Just Moss right now, I think, yeah. Especially considering that I didn't get Moss in any personal dynasty leagues, which means he's going to do quite well. I was kind of interested in him, but it never worked out. Like I'd pick somebody else or whatever. All right, so this is the thing that we were touching on earlier. Vic Fangio, who's the Denver Broncos head coach, says
1: he anticipates Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, quote, playing enough where we really don't have to designate a starter. Zach Stevens had this on Twitter. Um, so your your thought on Melvin Gordon versus Philip Lindsay right now? You love Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon going at the four oh five as running back twenty two. Philip Lindsay going all the way down at the eight twelve as running back thirty seven. You're not going to invest. Correct me if I'm wrong.
2: You're not going to draft both these guys. You're just taking Lindsay if you're taking any of them. That is correct. Although it, it is tightening, but it's uh, it's ah. not tight enough. Yeah. I mean, all Lindsay has really done in his career is overperform. Plus, he's put on some weight this offseason, from what I understand. You know the other thing too that you know he didn't catch a lot of passes, but he was coming off that really nasty wrist injury last mm-hmm. year. And
1: I know I'm guilty of this. Like I think it was two or three weeks ago on the show, I was lamenting all my early season, early drafting season. Philip Lindsay shares I've actually warmed up to that. Yeah. Where where I feel like, "Ah, you know what? It's probably not the it's not great. But it's not the worst thing in the world right now.
2: Yeah, he definitely has standalone value, which is nice. And I, I, you know, they they bring in Melvin Gordon, they pay him whatever they paid him, and then two years, ten million. Two years, twenty million. Uh, it's had to be more like the two years' 20 million. I think it's I two years' 20 million. But, um, you know, they pay him the pretty big money, and then they see him on the practice field together, and they're probably looking at him like realizing, uh, you know, the guy we had is actually better than this yeah. guy off the street. Or, and I'm not saying he is, but, I mean, he's at least in that neighborhood. And uh, he's been a high-motor, high-effort, high-energy guy, and all he's ever done is, is outperform. And I don't see him underperforming this year when it's just not been the way. I mean, isn't he's, he's a great pro. Philip Lindsay is a great pro. Melvin Gordon or Kareem Hunt? Um, uh, Gordon, I guess. This is close for me. Who you? Who you like? Do you like Hunt? I don't know. Well, if you're pausing that long, you like Hunt.
1: <laughs> Maybe I do like Hunt. Maybe I like Hunt better. All right, you know what? Enough of us making terrible long pause radio. Let's get into the guy where you never get terrible long pauses. It is all action all the time. He is a longtime uh, NFL player and musician agent. He's also the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, an event now in its 19th year. It's expanded to other states and other countries. Quite frankly, other continents is taking registrations now for both online drafts and live drafts. The Cincinnati uh, live drafts are full. The Louisville one, I believe there are Seven spots left in there. You hear him on the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship podcast that he hosts with players Rob Fetcher and Justin McCord. You know him as the unofficial third host of this show. My pleasure to welcome back onto these airwaves, Commissioner Farrell Elliott. Commissioner, good evening.
0: Good evening, fellas. I tell you, my annual call up from the minors is always such a thrill. I'm happy to be here. Guys. <laughs>
1: We expanded rosters this year because of COVID, so you can be called up at any, at any point, Farrell. So tonight, you tonight, go your big on the night. practice
0: squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. And by the way, if we put you on IR, you might be called up the week after.
1: There's, there's no restrictions. It can on happen. That. We'll see. What
0: it's a, it's a, no restrictions. Walkie, you've been reading the player agent handbook. Very impressive. I'm going to have to call on you during the season.
1: I'm in training on that you know i'm I'm an apprentice at this point. We'll see if I can ever uh, graduate there it's you mentioned it It's an interesting year uh for fantasy football and for fantasy football live events. Farrell, oh. can you tell the listeners how yes, you think wait, since oh, go ahead yeah Dave. Oh, uh, Farrell tell it, tell us what you do for a living but I, well, I, oh, wait a minute so oh, i had wait, this, this I had this, a th- I had this <laughs> great interview, interview had this great <laughs> interview going, and you had to Totally zing me on that.
2: All right. Go ahead. If somebody's
1: been on the show before, I typically don't reintroduce them to the listeners. Farrell's been on the show long enough. Uh, Farrell, the live events in Cincinnati, congratulations on a sellout there. Louisville looks like it's going to be a sellout here shortly. If, if people don't, uh, uh, you know, if people, um, you know, want to get in, they need to do it now. How are the, those live events going to be different this year in the ballrooms for players that had participated in them before and are now showing up again to do it this year?
0: My favorite phrase and the thing that I'm going to have to learn to live with, social distancing, Balky. The room is going to have big, you know, they, over at Caesars, they were, they prefer that I, I talked about our U's or drafting squares and call them horseshoes. But we've got four of them where we used to have six, maybe as many as eight in past years. We stretched the schedule out. We start earlier in the morning. We're going later at night. And some guys just love to draft or signing up and uh, working around the clock to pick their team. So we're going to miss some guys. There's some guys that do not want to travel. There's some guys that just do not want to mix in bigger crowds. But our crowd is relatively, as far as people in the room, we're going to be smaller, uh, a smaller event than we've been in the past at any one time on the clock. But at the end of the day, we're going to be very, very close to the live numbers we've always had. And then online is probably going to make our event Even bigger this year than it was last year. And that's taken a lot of work and a lot of positiveness. And uh, I'm really excited about it.
2: That's amazing. Congratulations, seriously. That's all about positivity.
1: I'm actually excited too because, you know, when I go down to Louisville, I always want to draft as much as possible. Now with the expanded schedule. I definitely can do that. It is literally going to be I'm, – I'm actually – I was talking with, um, with uh, uh, Kamish Bryce, Dave, about this, and I said, you know, before I'd go down there and, and I thought three drafts in a day was kind of taxing, but I figured I could probably do four. Now, I have done four in a day before, but for all these drafts and doing it in Kentucky this weekend, it is going to be a mental, a mental exercise, in one that I'm going to enjoy – but in order to get all these drafts in, you know, I'm doing a, a, at least one midnight madness draft out there too. You're crazy. Yeah. It, well, I mean, I might be crazy, but crazy
2: in a good way. I can't wait to see everybody. I'm, I'm happily going the opposite direction. No offense to Farrell. I love it, but I just, I do enjoy actually having some time to gamble relax. Right. I mean, granted I have to work and stuff too, because of FFP. Well, and it's, and it's a Caesars property this year, which means yeah. we get a sports book there, which is awesome. Sports book's yeah, be, right. yeah I'm excited about that. That'll be great. And, uh, and also the restaurants. I mean, like Binyon, that Binion Steakhouse, I, I'm going to try awesome. and eat there three three nights. I'm going to see if I can get yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not going to pull that off. But they got those bourbon fl- those Kentucky bourbon flights there that I love. Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, so, oh, you put, pair that
1: with a frickin' tenderloin. Yeah, too uh, bad
2: you'll be drafting instead of eating. Well,
1: no, it. I mean, I will be nope, eating at some point. No, at some <laughs> point I will, be, I will be eating there for sure. Dave, um, yeah, one of the interesting things about Kentucky this year is it's not necessarily an arms race. Uh, in the early rounds, um, as far as uh, receivers go, there's actually been another position that that people have been targeting.
2: Oh, yeah, there is another position. All right, just move on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Farrell, let me know, why do you think you think uh, Rob Gronkowski is a good pick for someone who waits until 10 tight ends are off the board? <laughs> well,
0: he'll have to be if you're going to wait. I'm in a I'm in a very small subset of people that really believe that Gronk's going to have an amazingly good season, and everybody gives me a blank, uh, incredulous look when I say it. And and he's uh, for for lack of a better word, he's my sleeper pick. I think everyone's sleeping on him, and uh, I see 70 catches and some touchdowns. So I think it's a fine. Now, pick.
2: what do you what about the recent news that Gronk might be on a snap count?
0: Uh, that you know, recent these guys got to write about something, Dave. And if you know sports writers like <laughs> I know sports writers, they sit around making things up. They they really do. They they, they, they they take one piece of information, and if they can get some free alcohol in them, by the time that they, they finish drinking, they've got a story. And so, it, don't right. believe any of. It. And that's what I would
2: say. A bunch of Hemingways.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was talking with Farrell Elliott, the the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Commissioner. Um, Farrell, you know, we've talked about this the last couple of years, and there was sort of a mini running back renaissance after everybody was so excited to draft receivers early on. Um, But this year, if you look at some of the Kentucky boards, it's been dominated by running backs, not only in the first round, but in the second round as well. Why do you think that is? Why do you think there's been such a shift? in Kentucky to getting these bell cow running backs in the first couple of rounds and then, you know, having drafters attack the wide receiver position later.
0: Yeah. A lot of green going off that board very, very early. And Michael Thomas seems to be the only regular first rounder. And he dropped to the 10th position the other night, which I think is as far as I've back as I've seen him go. Um, You know, guys, it's it's supply and demand. There's not a whole lot of running backs that are going to stay on the field. all three downs and even when you uh hear it from a coach we hear gruden say that uh jacobs is going to get more in the passing game this year but no one seems to believe it and we saw Fournette catch a lot of balls last year but nobody thinks he will again and uh you know derrick henry you add in the uh you you add in the playoffs he's coming off a season with 400 touches and uh, you know He's a, he's as big as a freight train, but at some point in the time that adds up. But these these players they can't be handcuffed. They they can't. Uh, uh, there's no there's no substitute for this kind of player and this kind of volume that he gets. So you know if you're going to grab you one, you better grab him early, and that's what's happening. And there's not a lot after. not a lot of guys like that after him. You know I just was doing one of your slow drafts. I've told Dave I've now become the slow draft junkie. And uh, it, it's a wonderful thing. And then, you know, I took uh, Matt Breida. And, and you know, it's hard to get excited about taking the Matt Breida, but the Miami Dolphins acquired him. Uh, he's going to split, uh, he, you know, he's going to split service with uh, Howard down there. But maybe he can beat out Howard for that position. And so that's what you're looking at in the eighth or ninth round, and that's not very exciting. So yeah, you want to get you some of that early running back action.
1: Yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, a lot of times, and and
2: then the question, Dave, is is how do you protect that investment, right? Yeah, well, yeah, Farrell, you kind of mentioned that just a, a minute or two ago that you can't really handcuff these guys. Um, so, you, is that kind of your general opinion that that because of the caliber of the running back is so so good in those first two or three rounds, that you're, there's just not an equivalent talent later, even in playing backup.
0: Yeah. Madison, who did it when Cook went on the shelf, is a capable handcuff. And uh, Dave, your standalone value—I heard you say that earlier. And Latavius Murray shined when Camaro went to the bench. Uh, there are some, but but they're they're just not uh, they're just not a great number of them available. And you still have to give up a pretty impressive uh, draft pick, to, to draft capital to get those guys, eighth or ninth round. Uh, if not sooner, so yeah, it, it's a it's a tough decision. I don't want to uh, uh, take a ball player, take a take a running back in the first and second round, uh, and have to be concerned about a single digit handcuff. Go ahead if you if you really want depth at your running back position, uh, take three good ones and hope that they all stay healthy. And if two of them stay healthy, you're still in the business. That's how I would approach it.
1: Yeah, it makes sense, Uh, and I totally get that. Farrell Elliott, the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, if you want to get involved either online or live in Louisville coming up next weekend, go to kffsc.com. There are seven spots left in that main event where you can compete for a $15,000 grand prize. Always a great time. Uh, especially drafting live in Louisville, regardless of physical distancing. I know I'm going to have a tremendous time. You will, too. Raheem Mostert-Farrell is the first running back going off the board for the 49ers this season in FFPC drafts. Kevin Coleman's actually – he's had his ADP go up uh, a little bit recently. How do you sort of see the touches in this backfield shaking out this season between Mostert-Coleman and the rest of the Drek the Niners are trotting out there? <laughs>
0: I watched Mostert run through, around, and over the Green Bay Packers in the uh, in, in the NFC playoffs, and, you know, that image is not leaving my mind. So, Mostert should be the first guy off uh, out of that San Francisco 49er backfield. And I think you would be foolish for a 49er coaching staff to keep him on the sidelines for too many plays. So, I'm comfortable drafting Mostert where he's going early fifth round. Coleman's a good player. Uh, I like him. But uh uh Mostert is is the man for me out there. I think Lewis uh, I think we're looking maybe at two hundred and twenty five carries and with his ability for big games, uh, you're gonna get you're gonna get paid back in fantasy points for choosing Mostert.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy, too. I mean, Raheem Mostert, who is the, again, the lead running back for a team that went to the Super Bowl last year that should be in the mix to go to the Super Bowl again this year. You'd think they'd be salting a lot of games away with the rushing attack. And quite frankly, they beat players or they beat teams last year with the running game. Raheem Mostert. Running back 30 at 512 right now over the last two days in the football guys players championship, certainly screams value there. Tevin Coleman. I mean, if you want to get him, you can running back 41 at the nine Oh nine. That's Alexander Madison, Latavius Murray, Tony Pollard, uh, territory there with, uh, the rest of the handcuffs, Dave, going at the end of the ninth round. That's where Coleman's going. I'm not really sure I'm interested in
2: any other Niners running back other than those two. Yeah, I'm not, I personally have no interest at all in Tevin Coleman. Um, if I'm playing someone and I look at it on his team and I see Tevin Coleman on it, if he's it's, it's a starter, unless like Mostert's healthy, then yeah. there's yeah. Even if Mostert was hurt, I wouldn't. Be, I'd be like, oh, really? Big deal. Okay. When has Tevin Coleman ever been in, on a championship winning team in weeks fifteen or six? Carol,
1: who is the guy he,
2: he was paired with in Atlanta? Was
1: that Freeman for a few years? Yeah, Freeman. <laughs> and,
0: and, and like Freeman won you know, that title. Like Freeman, Red, Freeman yeah, took it away yeah. and then couldn't hold it.
1: I think I've had Tevin Coleman on too many Dynasty teams that I'm planting my flag on Tevin Coleman right now. Yeah. Where I just
2: I, he has my undying love at this point. I, I can't get like enough. More like your Tevin tombstone Coleman. instead of a flag. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Anyway, it's fine. I mean, whatever. It, but I, I like Moster. I think he's a good value at that. If that's five. I totally agree with Farrell there. Yeah. No, dude. Late fifth round for for somebody like that. That makes a lot of sense. I, in my opinion, maybe it's because of the you know there's so many running backs going early. And then you have that receiver run that's really kind of wicked that goes right through the like, third, fourth, fifth round. Yeah. So then some of those running backs, that, you know, they just kind of drop. There's a little bit of a running back drop off. Well, we've been talking about this yeah. level. I mean, this is the Montgomery, Singletary, Akers, Jones, Ingram level. Yeah. And then Mostert sort of ends that tier. Yeah, which like I find he's, interesting. He's, yeah. He should really be more in he's – got, he's got a few warts, and he's not a big pass catcher. But. Well, you remember
1: how many weeks on this show we've been talking about Ingram and Dobbins were going back-to-back for forever? Yeah. Mostert's now split those guys. He's right in between them now oh, at this point. Yeah.
2: All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about DeAndre Hopkins. He's on a new team. He's got a new quarterback, and he's got a new offense. He's going in the late second round, I believe. Uh, what do you think, Farrell? I mean, he used to be going in the, in the first round. Now he's a late second-round pick. Is that a good discount or is it still pricey? 208 right now on
0: ADP. Guys, he still should be going in the first round as far as I'm concerned. That's the biggest steal in the second round. In one of your drafts the other night, I got him the last pick of the second round. I was so thrilled. It's a, it's a situation where it's new. It's different. The coach and the quarterback are young, new to the NFL. They're learning the game. Some people that um, – Really know this game in the NFL. Uh, believe that Murray can be uh, number one quarterback in the league, and and so you take a player that can be that, and an offense that wants to throw the ball all the time, and put one of the greatest pass catchers that that has ever played, uh, and that's what. As much as I think about Hopkins, this is this is one of the finest players that's ever been on the field, you know, and you can get him as your second player. On your fantasy team, this is great. So yeah, you, you can't overspend for Hopkins, and if you can get him in the second Farrell, round, you're on your way.
1: Farrell, are you based on that? Are you kind of less excited about Christian Kirk taking a, another step this year because Hopkins is going to be the number one guy there?
0: Well, it's, the quarterback's going to spend it 650 times, bulky. Uh, they're going to throw the ball all over the place. So you know, Kirk will get his share too. I don't know what it'll be, uh, but you know, anytime you're, anytime you're looking at someone with from Arizona's offense and you're getting them uh, below their ADP, if you think you're getting a bargain, you probably are. It's it's reason to think that.
1: Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Commissioner Farrell Elliott joining the program tonight. Farrell, you knew that I was not going to bring you on this program without uh, having you answer a a Las Vegas Raiders question for us tonight. (laughs) And and I think – I think um, this is probably the most polarizing one right now is, is how people feel about this receiver core. Now, they take rugs mm-hmm. early in the first round, but Brian Edwards is getting a lot of fantasy love over the last week, week or two uh, in, in the FFPC. And then don't forget about Tyrell Williams there as well. Can you kind of help us sort through this mess and, and, and sort of tell us who you're targeting as far as Raiders receivers go this year?
0: I'm going to target the whole receiver core because I think they're going to have a very good year, but they're going to have a very good year with none of them catching as many as 60 balls. We have a wide receiver core by committee, and it could be a different guy every week, and that's the way they want it. And, you know, that's a good problem to have if you're an NFL team. Uh, They've got uh, talent at this position. They keep drafting it. You take an NFL coach like Gruden with a 10-year contract And so he approaches the draft each year. He says, well, I'm going to get my receivers this year. Next year, he'll get his lineman. Next year, he'll get his defensive back. And, uh, you know, in five years, he's going to have the team that he wants at every position and every player. And it'll be great. And that's exactly what he's got at wide receiver. He loves all of them. All of them are going to play. None of them are really going to uh, separate themselves from the pack. And uh, so I think you should separate the Raiders receivers from your cheat sheet because they're not going to help you very much.
1: <laughs> yeah, not to mention, too, I mean, the tight ends they have there and Waller and Witten and then obviously Lynn Bowden and Hunter Renfro there. And Jalen Rashard catching a lot of passes. Plus, they want to get Josh Jacobs involved more in the passing game. Maybe the target there is Derek Carr late since he'll be or he should be throwing the football uh, a lot this season. Um, Farrell, ball, just – uh, uh, I want to keep talking about the Raiders, Balky. uh, (laughs) Well, I don't know. I'll tell you this. I don't know if this next question involves the Raiders, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Our good buddy uh, Kevin Williamson, Bourbon City Ballers in the chat room tonight, he wants to know what you thought of the six wide receiver start from the 12 hole in Thursday's KFFSC online league. Uh, Good decision, bad decision, indifferent. What did you think about that?
0: Well, you got to consider the source of those decisions. So when you see something that's an outlier, you say, where's this coming from? And it came from the brilliant mind of our windy city native, uh, John Rozek. And so when Rozek does it, he's got to have a reason for doing it. I've seen him do it with running backs. I've seen him start the draft with five yep. running backs. He starts the draft with six receivers. He's going to start four of them. Week one, two guys are on his bench. I looked at his running backs. They all had, uh, you know, they they all had 10 or 12-point value, uh, but maybe he sees something in them uh, that, that we don't see. But uh, John is a player that eventually, one year, will probably win the KFFSC. He's won a lot of things in Las Vegas with you guys, and, and he's done well with us uh, throughout the years. And he'll do well with that team, too. You know, he's a good evaluator yeah, so, of talent. Maybe go go ahead, Dan.
2: I was just saying say he was probably
0: drunk. <laughs> okay, okay. Go, all go right. Ahead. So no, here's the
2: thing, go
0: ahead, sir, I'll go back. <laughs> so, well, you know, Burton City it per- baller it, it would, would be <laughs> would approve of that too. But uh, you know, I, I don't want to do it. Uh, I I've taken um I, I've taken running backs uh on teams in Las Vegas before that I can say that I, I probably should have been just as well off to have started with six receivers. So, you know, I, I uh congratulations to John. He's gonna He's going to do it his own way, and he, he's got several teams with us, and probably next time he'll go all running backs.
1: But far be it for me to criticize the Toyota Fantasy Football Hall of Famer, John Rozak here, <laughs> but I will say this. I have drafted next to him live in Louisville before in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, and I've seen him have his clock run down to 10 seconds or 5 seconds when he's already had three running backs, when he's already had four receivers, and then he goes with a fourth running back, and he goes to the fifth receiver, and he'll just say, "Ah, eh, let's try this and see how this turns out." You know, just matter of factly, like that. like some like some sort of like you know like a, a like a scientist trying to develop the COVID nineteen vaccine, Dave. You know, it's yeah. like, "Ah, eh, let's try this. Maybe, maybe this." And and by the way, it's worked out for Rozek plenty of times over the years. When he's done stuff like this, yeah, so he's a shoulder shrugger. He is he's he's a like shoulder. He is a, eh, Maybe this will work out. Quite frankly, it usually does. Yeah, uh, it's for, great for him. Uh, no question. Um, Dave, we've made it this long talking to Farrell uh, w- without basically talking about any first-round picks. I do want to talk about a polarizing one right now
2: with him. Uh, if you don't mind, you asking that question. Nope, no problem at all, Farrell. You know, you said that Hopkins should be a player in the first round, so maybe this player should be in the second round. You know, where Hopkins is. Uh, What do you think of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going right in the middle of the smack dab in the middle of the first round? Actually, maybe he's not. Is it 107? Yeah, 107. 107. So he's not quite smack dab. 108, actually. Sorry.
0: So 7-8, right in that range.
2: What do you think? Edwards-Hilaire, should he be drafted there?
0: It's not for me, guys. I think the fellas drafting him have probably watched a whole lot of college football. And they've been happy with what they see. And, and you you have to assume that he's going to get so many chances. He's going to be a busy player as a rookie player. I've seen a lot of rookies hit the wall. I've, I've seen coaches that believe rookies will hit the wall even though they have it. They'll start, uh, uh, what would you say about Gronkowski, a, a snap count? Well, We'll have that for uh, a rookie running back as well. But, guy, he's got so many great skills. But if you pay for him, um if you pay for those skills with a middle uh to to middle late first round pick uh you're you're already you're already paying for what he's going to do for you and i think there's plenty of guys around him uh that are proven players that have have a little better uh uh have a little better chance of of giving you stability at that position but you know what it wouldn't be unheard of for a rookie running back to come into the league Take take many opportunities that he's going to get, and do something with them to put himself, you know, in that neighborhood of performance of, of Elliott, and Barkley, and McCaffrey. So, you know, it, if you're going to swing for the fences and you want to win that uh, that big payday at the FFPC, maybe you have the team with this player on it. But if you want him and you're in the first round, you got to draft him in the first round because he's not coming out of it, is he?
1: No, he's not. He's he's there to stay. The only way he falls out, Dave, and, and I feel free to disagree with me, but that Thursday night opening game when the Chiefs square off against the Texans, mm. if Edwards-Helaire has something like ten or eleven carries for like thirty yards and maybe two catches for ten yards, no touchdowns, then I think you could see him plummet a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he, he'd well, quite be, a bit
2: actually. Yeah, he he he'd be a dropper. <laughs> yeah, he would, he would be. A <laughs> you dropper remember when sure. it
0: happened to? You remember when it happened to Chris Johnson? He had a terrible game at opening up on a Thursday night, and he dropped, and and that drop allowed uh, the the rest of his season was so golden it allowed a lot of people to uh, to advance to championships that got him late. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. To to back Farrell's point up about
1: proven players going after Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you have, just as far as running backs go, Derrick Henry, Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs, all going after him. And if you want to lump in other decisions, Travis Kelsey, Devonta Adams, Tyreek Hill, all going after Clyde Edwards-Alaire in football guys drafts over the last two days. We're talking with Farrell Elliott, the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Still a little bit of time. If you want to draft live in Louisville, if you want to draft online to kffsc.com, is where you want to go for that So Farrell, I, I know you draft every single year Talk a little bit about a player that will not find I mean, and other than Edwards Hilaire, obviously A player that will not find his way on your teams In the early rounds in uh, in your drafts And then a player that you've actually been targeting And trying to acquire Once we get to the middle part And latter parts of uh, fantasy football drafts this season
0: so, Difficult question for me Because, you know, I, I just just love all the players. So i got to find somebody uh, that I really don't want. Um, I'm going to go with Chubb. He's very popular, so I'll be uh, against the grain there. And it's just because of of the other running back there. Uh, And I expect the quarterback, uh, Mayfield, to have a better year this year. Uh, the, the, The whole team should be better but I I just don't think that Chubb is going to do enough for me. You know, I might be wrong, big numbers, uh, a lot of touchdowns, the potential's there, but Chubb is not a player that I'm going to look for. Uh, A player that I am targeting that, you know, you guys spoke of him earlier, uh, Galladay. I don't think he can be overdrafted. Um, We we talked about Mostert, and I I do really appreciate and love Mostert. I cannot get in a position in this draft to – to get Austin Eckler on my team. Uh, I have not had a draft position where that would pay off and make sense. And and Eckler is a player that I'd like to have. I could go on and on about players that, that I really, uh, that I really would love to be in business with. And that's why you should be like me folks and just keep buying teams because, uh, that's what makes it fun. Eventually I'm going to get some of these guys on my roster.
1: Yeah, I mean if you're not acquiring them on teams, the only way you're going to acquire them is to to acquire more teams and more players obviously and, and that's something that uh I have subscribed to over the years continue to do so <laughs> this year as well. Dave, final question for Farrell tonight um be, before we let him get back to uh all his
2: uh Kentucky duties. Uh yes, Farrell, um even though you said your website a number of times, kfssc.com. dot you looking to join any of your live or online leagues uh, what do you suggest they do? How about you give us give out your phone number if you want to do that? I know you've done that sometimes in the past, um, and uh, just you know let them know how they can get involved.
0: I never sleep, so you know it, it's not a problem to give out the phone number five zero two five two three five zero five seven. Call us up and talk about it. The live event, something that you know, getting to meet you guys and hang out with you, that's that's a, a motivation for uh, a number of our people who want to come here and compete with you guys. But it's a It's a situation that, uh, live is, is practically done for this year. We'd like to introduce you to the league online. We have, uh, we have some slow drafts as well that are available. Um, it's a, it's a league that I think, uh, you would be proud to be part of. Um, you, it will make you a better player when you come to play in Las Vegas and put you in the winner's circles. And, uh, You'll get an early jump on fantasy football season by coming here the week before Labor Day every year. So, 502-523-5057, we'll find a place to put you and you'll have a good time.
1: KFFSC.com is where to go. You can check out all the leagues that are available there, the, the main events, the, the I Want Vegas, so on and so forth. Uh, seven spots left live in Louisville, and then make sure you're just, joining just, those online leagues as well. seven spots, huh? Yep, seven spots uh, for four different draft times. So there, two of them are only one spot away. Yep. So, yeah, so you can definitely jump in on that. And, by, by the way, I'm part of one of those teams. Uh, so if you want to compete against...
2: great bulky, you can definitely do that as well. By the way, Farrell, before we let you go, I just want to get let you know that our good buddy LeRoy uh successfully underwent knee surgery today and he's in recovery and he's you know he's gonna miss uh miss the trip. But uh anyway, he's uh just putting it all out there that he's in good spirits. He's doing well. Exactly.
0: By the time we're September and football season rolls around, LeRoy will be out in front of the house skipping rope. It'll be a beautiful thing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that would be a beautiful thing if that happened for sure. That's quite a, LA, a point of
2: visual I just got. Yeah,
1: exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, kffsc.com. Give them a ring. Five zero two five two three. Five zero five seven and uh make sure you're participating in Kentucky this year. Farrell, congratulations on the sellout in Cincinnati. I know you got a big day ahead of you at the casino there tomorrow. I can't wait to see you next weekend live in Louisville at Caesars. It's gonna be a blast. It always is. It's it's one of the highlights of my year. Thank you so much for carving some time out of your schedule uh this week to join us, and we'll talk to you again real soon, man.
0: Thank you, gentlemen. See you soon. See
1: Farrell. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, one of our favorite guests. The, really the unofficial third co- I know I said this in the beginning, but he is the unofficial third co-host of this show. Always good to have him on. I'm pumped for Kentucky, man.
0: Yeah. It's
1: going to be yeah. a great time. Uh, um, our, our good buddy Jim Cole is going to be there uh, this year, and he already told me he's bringing his own home-brewed canned beer uh, this year for me to sample, which I'm very excited about. Do you, you get to put that in your little app? Oh, yeah. He's on he's on Untapped. His home really? brewery is oh, on so Untapped.
2: That's, that's actually great. Yeah, I've untapped.
1: already checked in his beers on there. It's I'm really looking forward to so that. Are you,
2: by the way, he, are brews,
1: you? he brews a great IPA, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's been. Oh, God, it's so hoppy and juicy. It's great.
2: Anyway, not, I don't like beer, but that's. I'm fine. I'm, I'm just telling you, it's I'm really good. I'm glad you enjoy it. Yeah. So are you, are you flying on the same flight as me on Thursday? Morning? No, because I am flying out early Friday morning. Oh, you're flying Friday. Yeah, because I
1: wanted to get in some, some work on Thursday, and I'm um, flying out for early Friday morning. I think I'm I'm landing shortly before noon, so I'll probably be out there in the early afternoon. Okay. So that's where we're going on that. All and right. then uh, Kurt and I are going to go for the old four-peat. In the, that, we are doing that, right? Kurt and I are still on, because I know Leroy yeah. won't be there to to lead your team to second place this year. <laughs> More, um, more like seven. Well, whatever. Uh, I was being nice, but it's it's. So, are you doing that auction by yeah, yourself? Yeah, I'm doing
2: it by myself. I, you know, I always
1: screw up. I screw the auction up as it is already with Leroy. I, I always just always get be nervous yours. because you're you're handling football guys drafts at the same time and making sure those go off without a hitch. Yeah. and And normally Leroy takes over at that point, but that's not going to happen this year. Well, we'll I'll figure it out. <laughs> some, some, and we won't. So, you
2: know, something's going to happen.
1: And and two packer won't be there. Um, who uh, who normally. Helps everybody catch up on all their picks when he starts drunkenly bidding towards the end of the draft. He won't be there this year, so you can't count on that either.
2: Yeah, and well, what his daughter has something going on. Yeah, so right. unfortunately, he's going to miss it.
1: Yeah, that it, it stinks. But it's, I'm I'm excited for the casino this year at Caesars. It's going to be awesome.
2: Yeah. Uh, to It'll, be be weird. It'll be weird just sitting in a new sports book with Leroy not there. That's very unusual. Yeah, I'm trying to think like, um, the girl sent me a picture of it. Did you see it? Oh, he it's sent awesome. me it. Oh, it looks unbelievable. Yeah, great, man. That big wall in front of you? And plus, when he sent the picture, there was, like, no one in it. So, I mean, this you know, speaking of the COVID thing, it's, it doesn't seem like it's going to be – there's not going to be anyone in the thing. There's not any preseason going right, on. Right, yeah. So, it'll be, like, us. like well, you, people.
1: You know what's so great is, I, it, it, with all the drafts I'm doing, it, in between every draft, I think I'll be able to go in, play some bets, yeah. and then go draft – go pick up my tickets place bets for the night because there's going to be nba playoffs yeah there's going to be major league baseball there's gonna be nhl going on i is the indy 500 this week this weekend isn't it damn it I don't that would have been fun to bet on maybe some nascar get in on that next weekend
2: it'll be great bet the horses
1: uh bet the ponies yeah that'll be fun uh <laughs> the ponies uh whatever it is what, what's the big one
2: uh uh in, actually uh, a labor day weekend is the kentucky derby is that right
1: because I remember it got moved. Ah, oh, so I'm gonna miss that. Son of a gun.
2: Where you, Why were you? Well, we got the Labor Day Draftathon. I won't be. I'll be pulled up in my office. Yeah. So it is what it is. By the way, my speaking of the Labor Day Draftathon, my daughter Ella is uh, doing. She is helping to run that this year and is for the Harbor House Domestic Abuse Shelter in Appleton, Wisconsin. So that's uh, It's kind of a place close to home for us. Right. Fifty dollars per draft usually raises like seven, 000, eight thousand dollars. So
1: that will be really helpful. Yeah, that will be. And actually, um, I, I think I mentioned this on the show. Uh, the woman who runs that, who's in charge of it, uh, actually uh, went – I went to high school with her. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, she was working in Madison for a while. She took this position this, just this past year, cool. and she's running it now. So All my great. wife actually just ran into her. She's an she's a incredibly uh, intelligent young woman, uh, and uh, uh, certainly they have their head on their shoulders there with, with her in charge. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Let's get to some emails here tonight, Dave. Uh, and the first one is from Gary. In Gary, Indiana? Nope, he's in Armstrong, Illinois, which probably isn't that far from Gary, Indiana. (laughs) It might not be. He writes, they're dropping like flies in San Fran. Who are the 49ers wide receivers you guys are targeting? All right, so I'm going to just kind of tackle this first here, Dave. A few days before Jalen Hurd tore his ACL, Kyle Shanahan said "Um, it's going to be a stretch for Debo Samuel, and I'm paraphrasing here, obviously. It's going to be a stretch for Debo Samuel to be ready right away. A few days later, Jalen Hurt tears his ACL. He's out for the season. And then after that, Kyle Shanahan said, "Yeah, we're we're hoping he's ready for Week One." <laughs> what? Did, did his knee all of a sudden get better in those seventy-two hours? What the hell happened there? He looked at his depth chart. He's like Kendrick Bourne. Well, and, okay, and not only that, look at all the schlubs that they've signed lately. You know, the, who have they all signed? J, okay, I, J.J. Nelson's one of them. I'm gonna look this up right yeah, that's now. That's fine. Um, but. J.J. Nelson's one of them. It, it's all these, like, retread-type speed guys, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, um, that that you know, obviously we're on the waiver wire for a specific reason because yeah, they're no yeah, bueno. They suck. Yeah, they're not good. And and so I, I think that's kind of a detriment to um, the Niners this year and, and their receivers, especially talking about whether Debo Samuel's actually ready. You know, it's fine that, that they say, oh, he's going to be ready by week one, but – is he really going to be? I don't know. Richie James, who is already on their roster, is uh, going to begin the um, season on the, the pup list. He's officially out the first six games. You mentioned Kendrick Bourne. He's actually been showing off um, so far in practice looking good. They have the rookie Brandon Ayuk, Ayuk, who is going to be there. Debo Samuel, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with him. But, the, you know, Jerron Brown is now a San Francisco 49er. Dante Pettis, I guess, has has been performing, you know, up to snuff, what, what they've expected for, from him. But, Dave, the fact that up, they're signing up, all these schlub guys up to, I, up to snuff, I don't know – is it snuffed?
2: <laughs> up Maybe they're making a joke, as in, like, he's so bad that he was killed.
1: Oh, yeah, well, something like that, yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so just looking at these Niners receivers here. I don't want to look at them. Trent Taylor is their slot guy. No, it's all you're, you're avoiding it totally.
2: Well, not totally. I mean, those guys are all garbage, but, um, you know – I would consider Debo as a value and assume that he comes back, you know, just guess that he comes back week two, three or four. I mean, the thing is if you draft Debo Samuel and he's not back until week four, right. Let's say yep. four. Yep. And it's not like you're not starting anybody. There's somebody else you're starting yep. you're gonna, and you're going to get at least 10, 12, whatever points out yeah. of that person. I mean, come on. Well, depending upon yeah, where it's you're depending dra- on who you're know. drafting and what, and whatever. I mean, you're not hitting, you know, the thing is Debo is not going to be hit, you know, taking you through the bye weeks in all likelihood. I mean, there's a slim chance that he just doesn't quite get back or he has an offseason or whatever. So I don't mind Debo. I'm not as big of a fan of Ayuk uh, myself. I Everybody mean, loves him right now. Good they can have him. I'll take him. <laughs> mean, it's yeah. fine. I mean, I, yeah.
1: I, maybe he does really well. Um, guess on ADP right now for Debo Samuel. Dave, over the last two days in Football Guys drafts, where are people taking Debo Samuel? I would say 9-10. 8-12. So not a bad guess. Right. 8-12, wide receiver 40. This is CD Lamb, Jameson
2: Crowder territory. Do you buy there for you? Um, I think I would prefer Crowder. Probably, I would prefer Crowder. I might, for sure. take, I might take Samuel over Lamb, possibly. I don't know. I think I think, I, would. I think you're right. I think I would agree with that. Not right or wrong. It's just, that's just how crazy. about
1: this one? This is an interesting one. Debo Samuel, Christian Kirk, taking Samuel over Kirk.
2: Oh uh, man!
1: I mean, they got Hopkins in Arizona, and well, Farrell just said. Balky, they're going to spin at 600. The quarterback's I'll, I'll, going to spin at 650 times
2: there. And he has a good point. I think I might still take Samuel.
1: <laughs> okay. You know who the next player up on the I'll chart is. I'll take Marvin is.
2: Jones. <laughs> 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 All
1: right. I don't have to ask that one. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Kevin in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. Hey, Balky and Dave, is Nick Chubb's concussion affecting where you guys are taking him in drafts right now? Thanks. That is Kevin in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. Kevin, thank you so much for the email. I'm going to tell you this before we answer where if it's affecting us, it's definitely affecting FFPC drafters. Dave, Nick Chubb has plummeted to running back 13 at the two Oh seven right now. That is after Drake Jacobs, Eckler right before Aaron Jones and James Connor. Yep. Good spot for Chubb.
2: No, I, th- I think I thought he was overvalued before there should, should be going lower. Yeah. I always thought I, you know, I like if you, I mean, if you like Kareem hunts in, it's hard for you to, to like Chubb as well in that spot. You know what I mean? Like yes. I, I like Hunt, and I I thought I think Chubb's been overvalued the whole time. I'd much rather have Aaron Jones. I'd prefer Connor, Gurley. Jonathan uh, Taylor? John, uh, I'd prefer, like, Le'Veon Bell. I'd prefer Fournette. Fournette, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I just think that – I think Chubb with Kareem Hunt is like a 12 – he's like a 12-point-per-game player, and that's just not where I want to be. Would you rather have the head-concussed Nick Chubb or the constantly
1: body-concussed David Johnson? Who would you rather draft this year, if
2: you can only have one of those guys? I think at that point I'm it's close, but you know, I might. I might. <laughs> I'm th- like th- I'm putting you through pain. I might take David Johnson anyway. Okay. You know, but it, because there's such, there's such a disparity in ADP, it gets you know, then it gets to be kind of like, all right, guys, I could just be kind of stupid because. If he's going you, won't, you probably won't have to make that decision. Yeah, if he's going yeah. to the 207 and then David Johnson goes, to what, at like the 403 or something like that? Or, uh, right. David Johnson currently at the 401. 401 in that range. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, that's such a disparity that Chubb fell. to so like, the, if I had to pick and it was the 401. you take Chubb. I might take Chubb because, just because it's like the, the wisdom of the crowd. Right. thing. The hive mind, as the yeah. as Sigmund it's not Bloom and the, you can the kids You put together pick. a team with Chubb at 401 with whatever else you got going on. Yeah
1: uh two pointing out that chubb had several long runs last year that saved games for him too something to bear in mind as well as i don't think we've ever been pro nick chubb on this show
2: in general as far as adp goes i think mean, i i like his talent i mean i i think he's a really good high quality running back and i know matt walden loves him yep but they just they don't seem like they want to throw to him and then you put cream hunt in the mix and that's a big problem
1: it's all about situation it's all about opportunity and there's certainly a big-time question mark there with Kareem Hunt looming large. All right, Joe in Atlanta writes, Dear Riggo
2: and Clinton,
1: Riggo and Clinton. Any guesses on this? No. Running backs?
2: John Riggins and Clinton Porter. There you go, Washington running backs. Nice job. Redskins, former Redskins running backs. Okay. Well, they were red, when they were on the team, they were on the Redskins back then.
1: Is Antonio Gibson <laughs> worth the hype? What about Bryce Love as a flyer this season? So this is after obviously the Geist release. Um, Antonio Gibson been flying up draft boards, Dave. Uh, Antonio Gibson eight hundred two running back thirty three right now. Bryce Love has moved up to running back fifty seven at the thirteen oh nine. Woof! Yeah,
2: that's moving up. He's
1: flying. He's flying up more than Gibson. You like either of those guys at that at that spot for Washington?
2: Where is Peterson going? I by? was
1: just thinking the same thing. 1204,
2: running back 51. Man, you know, it's it's really interesting. It's tough. Um, it's a bizarre situation. It seems to me like the team, again, Just this is what I know right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is, I haven't read the latest news. It seems to me like they like Peterson with Love as kind of the guy behind Peterson, and Gibson still a little bit of a wild card unknown. But, what, you know, Gibson's got a ton of talent. Um, I don't think I'm taking Gibson in eighth. I maybe would take Bryce Love. And I am maybe would take Peterson. All right. So Adrian Peterson got a Veterans
1: Day off this week, and um, they needed somebody to step in to take the line share, the touches and the carries and the snaps in the backfield. It wasn't Gibson. It was Bryce Love. Sure. And I think I'm on Bryce Love in the 13th round. Yeah, I, I, I really like him there. Peterson, the problem I have with Peterson is – Normally, when we get to the double-digit rounds, and this is just my personal draft philosophy, we get to the double-digit rounds, I stop concerning myself with floor, uh, and I don't really look at that a whole lot, and I think that's one of the selling points with Adrian Peterson, is he has a semi-high floor. Um, I don't really care about that in the double-digit rounds. I'm, I'm looking for potential, not league winners, that's the wrong term, uh, but, makes sense. but but guys who have an unknown ceiling. Bryce Love, to me, right now,
2: has an unknown ceiling. Yeah, I would say Love over... Peterson if I felt pretty good about the rest of my running backs probably
1: yeah I'm, I mean if, if my running backs were shaky I might go for the stability in Peterson but if my running backs are shaky heading into the 12th round I think I've already lost
2: huh. no, that's a <laughs> depends who you talk to zero whatever uh, yeah zero whatever should be my team name that's it, actually not a bad yeah uh, zero, whatever.
1: zero everything <laughs> um yeah. Zero your mom. I, I drafted all linebackers <laughs> this year. Final email tonight, Norman Jacksonville. Watching Miles Sanders' stock is like looking at an EKG machine. Where's the best spot to take him, knowing we probably won't see him until week one? Appreciate you. That is Norman Jacksonville. Norm, we appreciate you too, my friend. Thank you so much for listening. Um, your thoughts on Miles Sanders, is it's kind of interesting because he had this lower leg injury. All the reports have been getting saying he's he's going to be good to go for week one, Dave. But the fact that we're not going to see him in practices or scrimmages or anything on the football field probably until week one, it's got to give you a little bit of pause given that this is a first-round pick still.
2: Yeah, I mean, it depends on – I mean, I guess the thing is it, I would say it depends on how how much he falls, but really does it. I mean, it, it's pretty much like either you're going to take him or you're not. He's not falling that much at yeah. all. Yeah. Um. It's concerning. It is a bit concerning, especially when they use this vagueness of a lower body injury. What the hell does that mean? Well, you know, I I saw that. Okay, so this is interesting, too, because Philadelphia
1: has been pretty vague on their injuries this season. And Boston Scott, by the way, had a lower leg injury, too, that not a lot of people are talking about. And then, you know, this Goddard thing, you know, he kept missing practices with an upper body injury. Now,
2: Ertz is out, right?
1: I didn't see the Ertz thing, but maybe. But Goddard has missed several practices with an upper body injury. You know what his upper body injury was? Huh. He needs a splint
2: on his finger. Huh. And, and it's not serious, and it sounds like he's going to be going is, Isn't one. there some sort of – there's no rules or regulation? I know there is in season, but right now they can just say whatever the hell they want. I don't believe
1: that's correct. I think each – okay, this is I interesting. they
2: disclose something. Matt LaFleur – this is something
1: I know from, from quasi-covering the Packers. Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst issued a um, – a memo to all the reporters covering the Packers. You could always report on who was practicing with who the formations, what, who was practicing with the ones, the twos, they can't do that this year. And this is something that bucks old media trends in green Bay. And I think that this is, Something like, that, that you, every team can say to their media, like, if you want to cover us, that's fine, but here's what you can't talk about. I know Denver has it. So, I, I know there's certain things that you can't talk about in the media uh, as far as what you witness at practice there. So who's mandating this, the team the or team, the NFL? The team.
2: Not the, not the NFL.
1: Not the NFL. The team is because everybody has their own policies on this. But I think what the team can do is you know, unilaterally restrict – the, there's only like five or six reporters that are in the media bubble in green Bay that can go and cover this team. So it's very easy for these guys to not adhere to these policies, get their press credential revoked and have somebody else step in for them. Yeah. So they're very strict about it. Now here's okay. I'll just say this right now. So I was, lo- I was reading this article in the athletic about the Packers and, um, Matt Schneidman, who does a great job covering them for the athletic was talking about training camp standouts. And he got the Jake Hansen, who is the sixth round rookie center out of Oregon for green Bay. And he said, this guy stood out and he, and he was very particular about the words he chose. He said, I can't really write about what string this guy is practicing with. Um, so I'll leave that up to you. But he's really stood out in training camp. Wow! Right so now. he's
2: like he's running with the ones. Why
1: would you say that oh, unless he's crazy. practicing with the ones? Wow, you know, so I, I think that there's there's ways around it that you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting back to this whole uh, Philadelphia thing uh, right now with Miles Sanders, he he's currently busy. I don't even know how we got on this. 109 is where he's going right now. So about
2: the same, similar to where he was going before. But
1: there's other guys you'd rather have over him based on what we know right now with his injury, right? Or what we don't know more importantly, you'd rather have Joe Mixon than him.
2: Yeah, but that was before.
1: Okay. Would you rather have Kenyon Drake over Miles Sanders? Um I would. Right now. Hmm. If I'm drafting tonight or tomorrow. No, I think
2: I would still take Sanders. Uh, Josh Jacobs. Um uh, Sanders.
1: Yeah, I like Jacobs better. <laughs>
2: Austin Eckler? No. Sanders.
1: Yeah, I that's I think my cutoff there. Do you what did you think of Hard Knocks this week with Austin Eckler? I thought it
2: was okay. What do you I, what do I, I mean, I, what about him?
1: Well, the whole thing about this guy, would have he'd be on the street right now if we didn't have a preseason.
2: Oh, yeah, that's actually that was actually a really good point. That was actually pretty cool when they showed him how well he played and, and so forth. And, uh, you know, he's a, another, he's like a Philip Lindsay type. I mean, he's like Philip Lindsay. He's going way higher than Lindsay. But I'm saying he's like where Philip Lindsay, if, you know, the, if the things had gone well for Lindsay. Right. And, you know, oddly enough, Melvin Gordon well, involved in both. Both teams. those guys were undrafted, right? Eckler and Lindsay? I thought maybe Eckler was a seventh round pick. Okay, all right, but, but whatever, close enough. Yeah. Like, um, but I feel like Lindsey, if that could be his, that could be his end game. I mean, Belvin Gordon could actually get stiffed. You know, like he, yeah, he could end up leaving the team, and then Lindsey could end up taking the reins. But anyway, um, yeah, Eckler, it's pretty impressive. I mean, it's to see how much of a pro he really is. He, yeah, he's very good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Hard Knocks episode two,
1: a far cry from Hard Knocks episode one.
2: Yeah, it was a little boring.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens on episode three. It's been, if you want your football fix, that is where to get it right it now. Is, yeah, it's good. Or drafting, Dave, which you can do at MyFFC. Or, <laughs> or listen to this great show. Remember, if you want to sign up for the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, 502 523 5057. That's 502
2: 523
1: 5057. KFFSC.com is where to go for that. I want to thank Farrell Elliott for coming on the show this week. I want to thank Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Programming notes. We are live in Louisville for the 2020 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship next week at a special 7-6 Central Time. That's right. We'll be on from 7 until 8 Eastern, and that's live at Caesars uh, Casino uh, uh, right outside Louisville uh, for the KFFSC. Dave already has a prior engagement, so he cannot make the show that night. I got some stuff in the works for a special potential multiple co-hosts with me that night. It could be an epic show, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to reveal our hype guy that night. I'll get Dave's input on that, so he'll still have a say in that. It's going to be a fun show. And then right after that, it'll lead into drafting weekend, not only for us, uh, but for you as well. You don't have to wait until next week in the draft. Remember to book those flights and rooms for Paris, Las Vegas, which is where the home of the FFPC uh, live events will be. For the 2020 year, save $400 off those additional main event teams as well. Don't forget, we have plenty of action. The Football Guys Players Championship, there's a zillion draft times this weekend. Make sure you're popping in before that thing sells out. Uh, the Terminator Satellites, the Terminator Regular Drafts, the Super Bracket, Best Ball Leagues, and Dynasty starters. remember, only eight days left for those so if you want to get a dynasty startup or two in now is the time myffpc.com we got a midnight draft going on tonight be the hero only three spots left yours truly will be commissioning thanks so much for listening everybody your weekend officially starts now this has been another episode of the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening and we'll talk with you again next week.
0: Down the late. I'm saying hi to all the dudes from around the wet. Yeah, cuz I got all of them strong jack, McGregor, like boom rings no matter how far throw them they come back. I'm coming straight out of NYC. I'm down with taking in the greats and them
1: Talking about uh, the Miles Sanders situation, uh, Tupacker chimes in in the chat. Miles Sanders was given the number two sheeple of all sheeple picks. I believe that's behind Clyde Edwards' lair. Then he writes, then again, I took him at 101 on a football, guys, so what do I know? <laughs> Not really selling the whole sheeple ranking. Yeah, on nice that. job, Mike. I love it. Um, I've mentioned this before, but make sure if you missed the bonus episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, check it out, blogtalkradio.com slash HSFF, or you can go to the horse's mouth. Uh, com has that download on there basically anywhere you get podcasts you can get that as well uh, Jimmy Wagner, rotaviz.com slash podcast for the Rotaviz High Stakes Lowdown those will resume in less than a month and then we'll go weekly until January which is going to be a lot of fun Dave it was a pleasure we'll talk to you again next week in Louisville is this the birdcage that we have on in the studio right now am I looking at that right
2: one of your uh, favorite
1: movies of all it time it is one
2: of my favorite movies it, it, uh, it started yes
1: yeah okay well I'm going to let you get to it
2: and uh, thank. I, I may not really actually watch it, even though I've seen it plenty okay. of times. Love the movie. Whatever.
1: <laughs> I got a this midnight draft. Whatever you want to do in the studio is totally up to you. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you at a special seven six central time next week. Enjoy drafting this weekend.